Queen Elizabeth II passed away at Balmoral on Thursday the 8th of September. Her death comes in her jubilee year after dedicating 70 years of her life to the crown. Her oldest son and heir becomes King Charles III. Hello and welcome to a historic episode of the podcast. I'm your host Zoe Forsey and I'm joined as always by our royal editor Russell Myers on what has been an extraordinary week that I think we will all remember for the rest of our lives as the world mourns the Queen. How has everything been this week Russell? Well I'd just like to take take a moment to um to reflect on on, on what has happened. I mean uh, an, an extraordinary historical week we have watched history unfold in front of our very eyes not only on uh, on the day of Queen Elizabeth's passing but obviously on the days that have followed and it does seem that um, with every twist and turn with every place that the new king and the rest of his family are visiting um, with every place that people are laying flowers or coming out to pay their own respects in so many ways um, it's the, the, the scenes that we have witnessed have, have been truly truly extraordinary um, I mean, we are now on Tuesday. There, we are still just sort of a week away from uh, from the state funeral of Her Majesty. But um, there's been so so much has happened, and I think that uh, first and foremost, I, I believe that the uh, the royal family will take great comfort from the fact that Her Majesty died died peacefully, and um, certainly died at Balmoral, um, one of her f- most favoured places in the world. And just harking back to to that time on on Thursday, um, it was a it was a, an extraordinary day, really, because there had been sort of a lot of chatter, I suppose, of uh, the fact that the, there was something potentially wrong with the Queen that she had um, perhaps could taken ill over in the night. Uh, then we saw Prince Charles as he was then. Um, scrambling to Balmoral, there was a helicopter that took him to the Queen's residence. Um, he arrived there just shortly after 11 o'clock. And, uh, and then, of course, at 12.32, there was this statement from Buckingham Palace that essentially said that the Queen had been taken ill um, and the gravity of the situation really became clear when they said that Her Majesty's doctors were, were extremely concerned for her health. Um, I think in that moment we we still didn't really know what the uh, what the situation was. It was obviously very very serious for Buckingham Palace to put out a statement of such magnitude. Um, and in the hours that followed, we saw a, a you know a scrambling of members of the royal family. Um, again, as they were known then, the, the Duke of Cambridge. Um, we then found out was going to be travelling on a on a private jet up to Balmoral from uh, from RF Northolt and. With uh, with the Duke of York um, and the Earl and Countess of Wessex, and and there was really a, um, a sense of the magnitude of the occasion. And even though many people were, of course, willing that this wasn't the moment that uh, the Queen would was passing away, um, I, I do think that uh, we, we we certainly did realise that something very very serious was happening. And in the days that have passed since, there has been this 
you know, so many different activities, so many different people paying tribute, uh, sharing their memories of the Queen and also the more official side of things as uh, her coffin starts its journey back to or leaves Scotland and starts its journey back to London ahead of the state funeral next week. Uh, this plan we know has been in place for a very long time and the amount of, you know, the kind of logistics of it have really shown through that everything seems has gone it seems very well. Lots of people have had opportunities to share their memories. And I know that Russell, you and myself as well, we've been traveling kind of all over the country uh, to bring coverage from these different events. We're actually recording this. I'm recording remotely as I'm not in London at the moment, but uh, Daniel and Russell, you are there. And mm. um, how has it been for you personally to see all these things actually come out because I don't know about you but we've we've been, we've read about this so much we've been preparing for it there have been logistical operations behind the scene for me it's almost not really felt real that it's happening well of course I mean these plans have been long held for for, for many many years and the and the queen was absolutely across the minute detail of of what would happen in the event of her death but um but of course because she passed away at Balmoral their sets of across a, a whole new raft of plans um, which are very very different to if she had passed away at Windsor or indeed at Buckingham Palace London. Um, I mean the, the Operation Unicorn which is part of uh, Operation London Bridge was of this d deployed within the seconds of, uh, of her majesty passing and, and the, the new king uh, King Charles um, becoming the new monarch. Um, it's I, I mean I personally have found the, the fact that the, Her Majesty died in Scotland has given this a whole different sense of unity because not only have the family travelled up to Scotland, we saw, of course, the, um, the King and the Queen Consort travelling there um, to Scotland to, to be by Her Majesty's side as she was in her final hours. Princess Anne was also in Scotland. And then you still saw the Duke of Cambridge again, as he was then known now, the Prince of Wales, um, Duke of York and the Wessexes, racing up there and then followed by the Duke of Sussex. After that, after Her Majesty had passed, we've, we've had further members of the family, both um, the York sisters, Sarah Tyndall, Peter Phillips, have all, obviously all travelled up there. And, uh, and the, the, again, the, the fact that there, there has been a lying at rest at Balmoral, um, and we'll come on to the, the sort of the, what's happening happened during the days, but when the Queen was able to say, well, the, the staff were able to say goodbye to the pe person that they have served so um, diligently for so many years. And, and of course, the, these, these members of royal staff, have, some of them have been with the, the Queen for decades. I think you just look at the, um, the fact that she'd personally asked six of the gamekeepers to carry her coffin from Balmoral when it eventually left there. Um, just what a, what a personal set of plans this was. And now you have the Queen still lying at rest today at St. Giles Cathedral, where there have been thousands upon thousands of people who have queued for you know, 12 hours or more in order to pay their last respects. And um, and certainly, again, the messages from the Scottish Parliament yesterday, Nicola Sturgeon, the First Minister, um, essentially pledging her allegiance to the new king, but also saying that... Um, incredible tributes to, to Her Majesty and how that she was a real unifying force and um, and I think you've seen the King say that in his, his first address as well and, and the address at the Scottish Parliament after that he really wants to carry on that legacy of um, of unity and um, in a world where it's such, such division for, uh, for so long 
then um, that that's truly you know a, a historic um, historic message. As we've mentioned, there have been so many different parts to the Operation London Bridge and lots of different tributes coming through. So what we're going to do is just talk through mm. kind of day by day how things have unfolded and what's been happening. So as we've previously mentioned, it was on Thursday, Thursday evening at about 6.30 that we got the confirmation. Uh, the uh, palace shared a beautiful black and white photo of the Queen alongside the message. The Queen died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. The King and Queen consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. I mean, very, yeah. very short. I mean, but just the magnitude of what had happened in that moment, I think, the, not just for us. I mean, obviously, we were, we were watching it and, and readying ourselves for the announcement, but I, I truly felt that the, the world stopped because um, this is not just something that affects the United Kingdom. There are 14 realms, a commonwealth, um, but at the world over, I've seen. I think you, you've seen these incredible scenes in Paris and in, all over Germany, all over Europe. Australia has, has absolutely stopped still. Um, and even Joe Biden said that uh, the flags should fly at half fast um, at, uh, at at the, at the consulates, and, and indeed lots of government buildings. And so. I think you know that we were then waiting. When when would we hear from the king? And and, and certainly Ch Charles's speech did um did did not miss at all because not only was he talking about his beloved mother, he was uh, talking of he said not a moment of great sad not only a moment of great sadness for me and all members of my family, but also talking about the fact he re he recognised that this was a a world in mourning, not just the realms and the Commonwealth, but countless people around the world. Um, and I and I also felt we really got an indication of how he sees himself as king, because which I think well, I thought went further than than I expected, because. Um, He's often been labelled as a meddling prince, someone who was getting involved in uh, in the business of government. I mean, widely ridiculed at the time in the seventies when he was trying to make people wake up to the climate emergency, which of course is now right at the forefront of everybody's minds. Um, but he said, of, "Of course, my own life will change, and with that, he has to rely on members of his own family, um, and indeed, more more so, his uh, his heir and his trusted lieutenant." The, the new Prince of Wales, Prince William. So I, I think you will see them two working very, very much in tandem. Um, of course, this will be uh, King Charles's reign and he'll want to put his own stamp on it. But he, he, of course, is very, very acutely aware that his time on the throne will um, will pale in, in significance compared to the, 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 le the length of his mother. And so he has a shorter time in order to cement his legacy. But in doing that, he, he also has to prepare his his son and heir to take the throne. Um, and so I do think we'll see an awful lot of collaboration between them. I mean, whether that is um, as upfront as, uh, as as the other members of the family can go on engagements together, I definitely think we will see an awful lot behind the scenes. So that statement that we had from Charles on the Thursday night uh, was was it felt like a real personal tribute to me it was very much focused on the queen as his mother and the opening line being the death of my beloved 
Mother, Her Majesty the Queen is a moment of the greatest sadness for me and all members of my family. We mourn profoundly the passing of a, cher a cherished sovereign and a much-loved mother. I know her loss will be deeply felt throughout the country, the realms and the Commonwealth and by countless people around the world. During this period of mourning and change, my family and I will be comforted and sustained by our knowledge of the respect and deep affection in which the Queen was so widely held. I thought this was, I, I really like the fact that he took this moment to remember his mother mm. personally before, obviously, the following day in his first speech as king, he spoke more about the kind of the general role of Monarch and the things she did that. But I felt I'm really glad that he took that moment to pay tribute to her more as a, a, a family woman who mm. we all know that side of her was incredibly important to her. And I found that extremely moving as well. Yeah, I think his, his his statement went a lot further than I suppose anyone recognised. I mean, he was using this, uh, this, this, this opportunity to... To pay not only pay tribute to, to his mother, but also recognise the roles of the family. Talking about how um, he would, he, he gave the title of the Prince and Princess of Wales to uh, to William and Kate. I don't think anyone thought that that would come in that moment. But also mentioned Harry and Meghan, much loved members of his family. Talked about them building their lives overseas, and of course the whole the whole dynamic does shift now because with him being king, and I could bring back to this moment of um, of him saying, "My life will change," and it and it will change immeasurably because one would assume he will have uh, have an awful lot of travel because there's fourteen realms. I assume that he want to get to each and every one of them because he is their king as well, and it comes a, a, a against the backdrop of um of a particularly turbulent time not only for him his own family the the issues with with harry and Meghan, whether um there has been various well-documented risks within the family we don't need to go into now but also i think that the you know we have a war in europe there is a cost of living crisis here in the uk and abroad there is a backdrop of um the royal family being asked to pay reparations or indeed give apologies for their role at the monarchy's role in the slave trade of his ancestors and so you know, what 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 will and what will he think about that what what will he do what will he want to get out and put on the front foot and and address those issues i, I think he will because he has he's already s spoken about the issue abhorrent issue of slavery and, and and taken those issues head on and i don't think even though he he says that this uh this new kingship will will change his role i think that he will stay true to his uh, principles and and certainly want to um address those those issues within the within the commonwealth realms so we then move on to the Friday where he gave his first address. Uh, he sat next to a photo of the Queen for this historic speech. And um, he also, one of the main things he did in this in this message was uh, announce uh, Prince William and Kate as the new Prince and Princess of Wales. Obviously, we, we, we knew this was coming, but there was always a bit of a question mark about whether Kate would take the title of the Princess of Wales Obviously, it hasn't been used since uh, the late Diana had it uh, with Camilla deciding not to use it uh, out of a mark of respect for Harry and William's mum. Uh, that was a really, uh, you know, a, a really important moment. And he also mentioned uh, Harry and Meghan, which I thought was really lovely as well, uh, saying that he, you know, expressed his love for them both and noted, I think, for one of the first times we've heard him kind of discuss their new lives in America, um, which I 
thought was was really nice. Were you were you surprised to see that? Well, certainly, I think you you looking back on the speech now, it was deeply, deeply personal, and not just taking on the fact that they lost a much loved family member, but of, of course that the the rest of the world was mourning, and this is a. The world seems just a very, very different place to, to how it did on Thursday morning, doesn't it? Because um, such a constant in everybody's lives. I mean, 70 years on the throne, will that ever be beaten? It would be absolutely astonishing if it was. Um, and, of course, the, the Queen's sort of majesty, as you, if you will, was the fact that we didn't really know too much of her character or what she necessarily believed in because she was so young when she took to the throne um whereas we know exactly what charles is like as a person we know the issues he's passionate about we know the issues that he's got into trouble i mean there's the the, the, the spider memos there's all the stuff about architecture r- raising the point of um climate change as i said that he was ridiculed at the time and now this is at the forefront of the global um global conversations and yet uh, I don't think he'll be able to to sort of forego all of those he needs to really rely on the rest of his family and that's why he I think he he paid special tribute to both William and Kate and and uh, and expressed his love for Harry and Meghan and we've seen already this week um, the unity between the family I mean they're obviously well-documented issues, and yet we saw the old Fab Four walking side by side when they came out to, to, to view the flowers at Windsor. And, um, and I'm sure a lot of people will be hoping that this, this, um, this terrible, terribly sad event will, will, will act as a, a period of unity for the family and, and sort of bode a different, a, different, um, a different start for a lot of them all, I think. So as we move on to the Saturday, the following day, this was the kind of the the official technical day for Charles becoming king. So Saturday morning, there was a it was a, what will now be his accession day. Um, so there was a meeting of the accession council, which took place back in London. Can you talk us through what that means? Because yeah. I think this was one of these things that caused a lot of confusion because obviously he technically became king. Yes. The second that the Queen passed away. However, there has to be an official uh, proclamation. Ceremony. Yeah, pro- and, and indeed, I mean, yeah. it's, set, it's set upon his sort of tour of the UK, if you will, because he has to go to the four nations, England, Scotland, Northern Ireland and Wales, almost immediately after the, the, the monarch has passed. And that is the, the process which has been in place for uh, you know, more than a thousand years. But this time, um, it was on television for the first time and we actually got to see who was there. I mean, you had six prime ministers obviously Liz Truss has had a baptism of fire in her first um, few days in the job I and mean, she was meeting the Queen on Tuesday to accept the the, uh, the position of Prime Minister as you will invited to form a new government and just a couple of days later she's mourning the monarch's loss who she just um, she'd just been to see at Balmoral um, the five former Prime Ministers many many other sort of senior politicians from past and present um, part members of the Privy Council and uh, and altogether quite a solemn um, a solemn occasion really. But w- what I found fascinating was not only this 
um, this signing of a declaration to uphold the values of the Church of Scotland as well, but also the fact that not only Camilla, of course, as the new Queen Consort, would expect her to be by his side, but the Prince of Wales was next to his father when he's signing these documents, and he signs them as well. And so you, I, I just felt that that imagery was so, so powerful because, of course, William is now being prepared for um, for the role that his, his his grandmother and his father has now got. So, uh, again, everybody is acutely aware. You can't den- deny it that it, that you know, Prince Charles is seventy three years old, and um, you know, he, even though he's in fine form health wise, then there will be a period of time where. William will have to take more and more of the responsibility, as as indeed we saw Charles take more of the responsibility from his mother when she was m- sort of moving back from public life, but she hadn't travelled for a long time. She was uh, she was doing less and less engagements, um, and and the rest of the family was sort of taking up that that strain from from Her Majesty. Um, uh, and I think we we will witness that over the next few years, and be a very interesting six months, I think, because one would assume the coronation won't happen for for at least that period of time. I would imagine sort of between February and the spring, and then um, and then of course you've got relevant tours that will happen as well, and whether William and Kate will want to uh, take the burden um, somehow. But there is, of course, the argument: does the does the king and the queen consort need to need to make those trips themselves? And and again, I'd say as a backdrop of of the realms, um, some expressing their discontent. Even this week, Antigua and Barbuda had said that within three years they will leave their associations with the royal family. Jamaica has obviously made uh, those those specific statements already. Um, it, it's it's a very very interesting time. But I think what Charles was trying to say is he is not here to necessarily be a ruler he's here to be a unifier and 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 i think a lot of uh, a lot of the commonwealth realms will, will will definitely take that on board one of the things i noticed from that uh, ceremony as well is we the queen famously sent you know had real touching personal moments in all of these things you know whether the jewelry she wore the brooches she wore uh, the different outfits sending messages with flowers and things like that and we know that uh, Charles used to sign the declaration used a pen pot uh, that had been gifted to him by his sons William and yes. Harry and I think that was just sent a real message of how this was such a you know while being a historic moment is such a family event as well and almost having that kind of that support from them in in this form I think um was was really lovely as well now also that day we saw the rest of the royal family for the first time as they stepped out in Balmoral where if even those that didn't go up on the Thursday they traveled to in the days that followed and um, to go and see some of the floral tributes that have been left uh, outside the castle so we had uh, the queen we had uh, Prince Andrew uh, Beatrice Eugenie uh, Zara Tinsel with there with Princess Anne we had uh, the Wessexes uh, with Lady Louise as well and that was a real a really moving occasion actually to mm. watch there was lots of you could see the emotion understandably on all of their faces um, and it was one of those moments for me that kind of really set home that this is a family mourning a mother and a grandmother as well as the world mourning a queen well very much so um I mean, the, the, those those scenes of the family. I think they've, of course, looked absolutely distraught. And I, I think Princess Anne and, and especially the uh, the Countess of Wessex looked, looked crestfallen. Um, 
but of course there there is duty to to be done and that, i think they all realize that and then we've we've seen that over the last couple of days um that they have almost put their emotions to the side they've 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 known that they've have to be able to uh to escort the the queen back to london um and and we've seen that over the last few days of some some incredibly moving scenes as well and I, and I, again i point back to that fact of it, it it wouldn't i can't imagine this this all never happening as in the fact where we wouldn't have seen the 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 scenes at balmoral and the queen taking on a 6 hour journey leaving her beloved beloved home in the scottish highlands all people lining the streets, whether it was crowds of 15 deep at certain towns and villages or just solitary people on the side of the road. And they stopped and knew the procession was coming. It was, um, there's just been some, some extraordinary pictures I've seen as well of, of, of this outpouring of emotion. And I think it is just going to reach a crescendo over the next couple of days, especially when, uh, when the Queen's procession is brought through London. And later on the Saturday, as you mentioned before, we saw Kate, William, Meghan and Harry do a walkabout in Windsor. And Meghan and Harry were in, have been in the UK uh, just before her death and had actually been in Germany for an Invictus Games event. Um, so they were able to join the family you know, a lot quicker than they would have been able to do if uh, they had been in America at the time. Now, we were expecting uh, the... Uh, William and Kate to be there but it was a bit of a surprise to see uh, the Meghan and Harry join them as well um, and it was so lovely to see them you know unite in grief and I know that uh, you've been told by uh, kind of sources that it was William uh, offered that um, olive branch yeah. to his brother didn't yeah. he and invited him to join them well, I think I th- you look you look at what what's going through their, all their minds, and and definitely um, the people I've spoken to had said that William, regardless of the issues with his brother, again well documented, um, he felt that this was certainly a period of unity, and the fact that he he wanted to reach out for his brother, again it was an eleventh hour phone call. He probably thought. Um, was it the right thing to do and and then made the decision um but I, I, again you see the crowds it was um it's double edged really because you think this again you a family in mourning but you think of what what we've lost as to have them around it's quite unfortunate and i'm sure they all think that in some way that they they could have worked together if if things were different but uh but i suppose that's families for you at the end of the day and they are Obviously, we, we don't know what's going on, but they are both in Windsor now because Meghan and Harry are staying at Frogmore and the Cambridge, no, sorry, not the Cambridges, the Waleses are now staying uh, at their new house, Adelaide. Just Cottage, just to uh, say, I, 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 you look at the broadcasters and even though people have practiced this for years, there are people, the, the, the level of information that everybody is consuming is absolutely extraordinary. Um, I mean, the broadcasters who are doing round the clock um, hits live hits speaking for hours watching and reacting to things that are happening has been truly truly heroic and even you know, the the season pros are, are getting all the the um the titles mixed up but i suppose that that's something we're, we're all trying to get used to aren't we i mean it's it's one thing having a new king listening to the national anthem was it was absolutely extraordinary hearing god save the king the new prince and princess of wales i mean there is there is such um a level of change that everybody is is getting used to and again it's it's only just dawning on people that this seems real in in certain moments when you've got the royal family looking around the flowers 
And then, of course, when when you're seeing the Queen's coffin for the first time, um, it's it's really really struck home that this is we're we're witnessing something that happens. Gosh, I mean, what talk about once in a generation? I don't think I don't I think that this will be the biggest event that um, that London has ever seen. Well, you, yeah, you mentioned the, the moments that it kind of hits in. For me, one of the moments was when I saw the uh, Kate and Williams Twitter page change mm. to the Prince and Princess of Wales, which is such a minor thing, but it was such a, you know, it is those moments that, that really hit. And I remember you and I on Saturday morning, you and I were actually sitting next to each other in the office. For a change, gosh. A session, I know, watching the assessment. Uh, kind of ceremony take place and we both kind of just looked at each other at one point didn't we and both went oh my gosh this is actually this is actually happening and I think that is how it feels everyone I've spoken to has said the same that there are kind of obviously you know everyone's so busy at the moment covering all the aspects of it but there are moments where you just kind of stop and go I can't you know can't believe this is actually here um, and it must be it must be really similar for members of the royal family as well because while they are grieving this loss it is again they have to then go out and do everything um but yes so we had that walkabout on the saturday yeah. then we moved on to the sunday and that's when you mentioned that we saw the coffin for the first time so this is when it left balmoral for a six hour journey in a uh, a hearse which was kind of a very lots of lots of glass on it to allow lots of people who had lined the streets to see it and and started a journey through kind of towns and villages of Scotland well again I, the, the the fact that the queen was across all these details and when you you when we learned that the, she'd asked six of her gamekeepers from Balmoral to carry her coffin should she pass away there I thought that was just extraordinary um Again, this is a six-hour journey documented at, at every twist and turn, um, and then being brought back to to Edinburgh, the, the the sovereign's residence in Edinburgh, the Palace of Holyrood House. Again, there was been an opportunity over twenty-four hours for the, the, the palace staff to say goodbye to Her Majesty. Um, I spoke to someone who's who's worked at Holyrood for seven years, and they said that it wasn't a dry, obviously a dry eye in the house. That there was some real real saddening scenes but um again the 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 scenes you saw down the royal mile of people standing in hushed silence so so respectful and and it really put into place what we were witnessing so that was on the monday when the coffin was then taken from the uh Palace of Holyrood House to St Giles's Cathedral and that's when we saw it it was draped in the Royal Standard uh, it was flanked by the bearer party who are from the Royal Regiment of Scotland escorted by the King's Bodyguard of Scotland and this was a real another really moving moment because this is when we saw Charles walking behind mm. his mother's coffin along with his uh, along with his siblings the Queen's four children and as you said that that silence when you saw the procession move down was extremely moving mm, mm. i mean again um we're talking about the the, the king's statement i'll put, pull you back to to william's statement of, which was made within the uh in the hours that we were we were watching william and kate and harry and Meghan make this sort of stride of unity i suppose and uh, and w william's statement incredibly incredibly heartfelt talking about his his granny how he she, he saw her as um as a unifying force and and um not only talking about her as an extraordinary leader praising her service and dignity um i th thought it was really interesting about how 
he he paid tribute to his his wife and his children and about their relationship with her. Um, but he also recognised that this is not just a fa- a family in mourning. He said that there was also a, a world in in mourning. People that you know, may have never even seen the Queen, let alone mean the, met the Queen, were uh, were feeling feeling her loss. And again, referring to the fact that, as we know, that the Queen was so there for him when he lost his mother. I mean, the Queen was widely widely criticised at the time that she didn't return to London. She was with with the the two young princes at Balmoral. Um, and he said, she was by my side at my happiest moments and she was by my side during my, the saddest days of my life. I knew this day would come, but it will be some time before the reality of my life without Granny will truly feel real. I thank her for her kindness she showed m- my family and me and I thank her on behalf of my generation for providing an example of service and dignity in public life that was from a different age but always relevant to us all. And again, I love that quote. It was when um, when Prince Philip died. He says, "My uh, my grandmother famously said that grief was the price we pay for love. All of the sadness we will feel in the coming weeks will be a testament to the love we felt for our extraordinary Queen. I will honour her memory by supporting my father, the King, in every way I can." And then later, this was actually echoed by Harry, which I thought was very, very, very interesting. He he also said. Um, very thankful that his his children had got to meet her. He thanked her for her, for her guidance and support, but also he said that he would honour the the new king. Um, and especially considering their relationship has been particularly fraught, you look at Charles's statement about his love for both Harry and Meghan as they're building their life over t- seas, and then Harry's statement: Really, could this could this be a new dawn? I mean, it's, it's there's no better time like this. To uh to herald the coming together of this family, and I'm sure a lot of people will be will be hoping that happens. As you said, there were two extremely moving statements, and I think that the fact that both of both of the brothers use the opportunity to also mention their wives and their children. Um, William said that my wife has had 20 years of guidance and support from the Queen, and my three children got to spend holidays with her and create memories that will last for their whole lives. I thought it was really lovely, again, to come back to that family point. And I think to mention how Kate took, you know, took advice from the Queen, I think we've really seen it's something that commentators have been talking about a lot. We've seen them on engagements together over the years, and I thought it was really nice to to mention that as Kate gets used to her new role as the Princess of Wales, I thought it was it really, you know, really moving words from both of them. So also we so we go back to the Monday now and after the uh, procession down the Royal Mile in Edinburgh, uh, there was then a service of Thanksgiving at St. Uh, Giles. And after that, the coffin uh, was placed, uh, was began to lie in rest. And the first members of the public uh, had the opportunity to file past and see it. Uh, later on yesterday evening, so on Monday evening, uh, there was uh, a vigil of the four children of the monarch yeah which is actually and called the the vigil of the princes and princess anne becomes the first royal woman to ever take part in this to our understanding but um again a, a, a very very poignant moment I, I was watching it on tv and 
people who had queued up for, for, for many, many hours. Uh, one of our own jur- journalists, Julie McCaffrey, she was like number 20 in the queue. She wrote a fantastic piece on the, on the front of the Daily Mirror today. Um, no doubt we're on the website if you check it out about uh, the meeting people in the queue, sharing stories of... Uh, of, of potentially seeing the Queen or, or how they'd grown up and knowing her or knowing the royal family and bringing their children or their grandchildren there. And uh, and then we had this vigil of the princes, which took part at about 7.30 in the end. And um, I just thought, <laughs> utterly extraordinary image of, of Prince Charles and, the, and, and his siblings standing at the four corners of the coffin and people just filing filing past them. And it lasted about 10 minutes. So it's actually been 24 hours. This has been going on for um, until Her Majesty is returning to, to London later on this evening. We're, uh, we're actually on, uh, on Tuesday. I actually had to look at the date then because I couldn't remember what day it was. But um, there's been such such an awful, awful lot has happened. And then and again, these images of, of Charles and Camilla on the thrones when they were at Westminster Hall. Today they will be at Belfast. To, um, to Later on today, again, they will be returning back to Buckingham Palace to welcome the Queen's coffin. I mean, these any one of these images is just breathtaking. And you've just got just hugely hugely historical moments happening all over um and i think i mean the king King charles has has been extraordinary about how he's um composed himself to to make all these speeches um it's um, together with being completely sorrowful after the loss of his mother and he's making all these uh addresses to to um to people across across the four nations it's um it's it really is a magnificent feat So the Queen's Coffin will tonight be flown from Edinburgh to London. Uh, Before that, for the rest of the afternoon, more members of the public Mm. will continue to file past past it. And then tomorrow there is a huge uh, procession through the streets of London where people in England will have their first opportunity to to pay their respects. What can we expect from that? Well, we can expect an awful lot of people. I mean, we've seen huge crowds at Edinburgh, um, people queuing up for more than 12 hours overnight through the night. Um, But the organisers believe that there will be at least 2 million, possibly 3 or 4 million people per day coming into the city. And I've just been just come back from Buckingham Palace. Huge, huge crowds there. They're taking the flowers, anyone who lays them to Green Park. The floral tributes are absolutely incredible. But this lying in state process will start on Wednesday afternoon when the Queen's coffin is taken in a procession to Westminster Hall and that will then be open to the public for the to the public so they can file past the start of four and a half days of the Queen lying in state. There'll be another round the clock vigil mounted exactly the same as as, as in St Giles. Um, officers from the household division the King's Bodyguards of the Honourable Corps of Gentlemen at Arms and the King's Bodyguard for Scotland will be taking part in that vigil i mean just looking at these plans they're saying millions of people may want to queue up um there will be queues of up to 30 hours to reach the front and indeed the organizers have said that maybe really think if you can't stand for that that period of time if you you can't bring a tent the, the, the line will be moving constantly you need to think about don't bring camping equipment you may bring chairs or mobile phones or chargers Bring food and drink because you won't be able to leave the queue and rejoin it. Um, it's going to be an extraordinary um, 
moment for people to to organize but also to for to witness and i think that once the uh that the lying in state begins we really will get a sense of the enormity of this occasion if we haven't already because you're going to see world leaders start arriving in the next few days um funny enough that the organizers said because there is no space for your own individual cars like you look at when uh, whenever the president of the united states travels in the beast and the big um you know the 30 strong bodyguards they have the big entourage well that that really won't be able to happen because there would be so many people in london they're putting them on minibuses so um i think that, you know when you look at things like that you think gosh the world has stopped and indeed everybody really needs to sort of um recognize their place in this and this is uh this is all to say goodbye to to a woman who is revered around the world and i'm sure that those world leaders will uh will have no problem in doing that now at the moment we only have uh, a rough idea of timings we know the funeral is going to take place on monday we know it's going to be at 11 a.m with a short procession before starting from at 10 44 what other information do we have at this point well, I think that has really taken us up to now. I mean, uh, we, we know that this procession through the streets of London will begin at 2.22 on Wednesday. Uh, then the lying in state protest will begin. And, um, and, and then an extraordinary amount of detail has to be got through. So the palace are really managing it at the moment. And I think I'm, on Thursday, we'll probably be able to bring you some more details. So fingers crossed you and I will be able to sit down again because once we get the details of the funeral as you rightly said the funeral will be taking place at 11 a.m uk time on monday um we're going to see a cascade of of, of royal of, of world leaders sorry uh, heads of state heads of commonwealth politicians from all over arriving uh, not forgetting the the 600 or so representatives of her majesty's charities that she was associated with um there is going to be an awful lot of organization and i think we are going we're we, I really want to get down into the scenes that we're seeing as well, because all of our readers will have watched this from from afar, unless they they're coming to the UK. But if you are, get in touch, and we would love to uh, we'd love to get your your views on it, how you first heard the news, where you were, because I think this is such an event of um of huge magnitude. We will always remember where we were on the day and the days that followed. So fingers crossed, we'll be able to sit down later on in the week to go through some more details. We are also looking to put together a tribute episode to the Queen, sharing your stories of the monarch. Uh, if you would like to be part of that, please send us messages either on Twitter or Instagram. They can be either written notes or voice clips. Um, thank you so much for listening to us today and until next time. Mm -hmm.